0: Yes, guys welcome to a brand new podcast i'm your host conan and i'm joined here today by my good friend carson so i'll let you talk about a quick little introduction i don't think we've actually met in person up until like this month i know we've been in touch online a couple times so basically long story short we are roommates now which is pretty exciting and we just got back from our walk and we actually do share a lot of similarities when it comes to like business coaching and just like society in general so in today's episode we're pretty much going to be talking about carson's story how you became an online fitness coach, and how you're now helping other online coaches building their own online business. And we'll talk about a couple other things as well. So just do a quick little introduction about yourself. Pretend like I don't know who you are. Imagine I'm just a stranger to you. How would you introduce yourself to me?
1: Yeah, so I'm Carson. I was born and raised in Austin, Texas. Um, I moved here to Houston about 10 years ago now uh, to take a job as a pastor. I I was a pastor at a church up in the Woodlands for... Nine years, almost. Um, I worked as a youth pastor and many other different positions in the church, and I just fell in love with helping people. That was my goal and my life's mission that I felt like God put in my heart from a younger age. When I was in college, I knew that um, my goal and my purpose was to help people, specifically to help young men be able to accomplish their hopes and their dreams and help them get there faster than Mm -hmm. they would have been able to do on their own. I knew that that was my purpose from uh, early years in college. And so being able to take that and and do ministry through that was amazing, I loved it. But around uh, Easter last year, I got to this point where I felt like God was moving me in another direction. And I had been falling more and more in love with fitness. I'd always been involved with fitness. I played sports in high school, been lifting weights all through that um, you know, was super involved with my local gym and stuff like that and started building relationships there. Mm -hmm. And what ended up happening was that that's where a lot of my connections came from was the gym, right? It's like church and gym. And that was it. And, and those things started intersecting in a lot of ways for me, like meeting people at the gym and inviting them to church, inviting them to Bible study, inviting them and, and really being able to connect with people on a different level other than just, Oh, he's a pastor. Right? Being mm-hmm. able to connect in the level of fitness, I thought that was super important in my journey to be able to really connect with people on a different level rather than just as a pastor. And so, like I said, coming from late last year or early last year from around Easter time, I, I kind of transitioned into the fitness world because I knew that God had something else for me. So did you quit your job as a pastor? I did. Yeah, I quit my job as a pastor. The original goal and vision was for me to open up my own gym Mm. and so I pursued that heavily I went and worked for a local gym um, had an amazing time there the the owner of that gym was super he's a great mentor he just said he told me he's like if you want to learn the gym business I'll teach you everything I know just come work for me and I said done deal right so I quit my job I started working the front desk making fourteen dollars an hour uh, you know, at at a gym. And so, like, a huge step back from uh, mm. a pastor's salary, right? Pastors don't make a ton of money, but it's more than $14 an hour, yeah. at least at the church that I was at. And so, being able to take a step back and do that, I knew that I had to supplement my income some way. So, I was looking for different ways. And that's when I found online coaching. And it's this crazy thing. is more and more I did it. The more and more I got into it, the more joy I found in it.
0: Yeah. Do you just... Oh, sorry, I don't want to answer you yeah. there, but you just threw a lot at me. So yeah. basically let's just start from the beginning. So obviously you went to university, you went to college, then yeah. right out of college, you got your job as a pastor, correct? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then when did you start to like transition? Obviously you told me all throughout university you got into fitness, but when yeah. did you specifically start like getting into fitness and start working out yeah. and just betting yourself physically and mentally as well? Right.
1: Yeah. Like I said, like I've, I've been going to the gym because like that was part of what you did as a fi- uh, high school athlete. Oh, so, like, of course. You, you went to the gym. Um, I'm assuming
0: you were like a typical Chad in high school.
1: I, I don't know about Chad, but <laughs> no. it, it, was, it was, I, I played football so like I was with kind of okay. a more popular crowd and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, one of the things I really struggled with was self-confidence. Mm. And I think a lot of
0: young men struggle with that.
1: Absolutely. I was, I was overweight. Like all growing up, I was always overweight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played offensive line. Like I was a bigger guy. Um, and so about six years ago, um, so while I was a pastor, after, after college, I was a pastor. I just, I was tired of feeling the way I felt and mm-hmm. looking the way I looked. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to get super intentional about this. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to change the way I look, um, not just physically, but like also just the clothes I wear and yeah. the way I act and like just stuff like that and really become the person who I wanted to be um, or and my ideal self in a lot of ways. And so um, from there, like just working on myself and and I did it for a long time by myself. Like I didn't have a coach. I didn't have anybody really showing me or mentoring me. I had YouTube. So mm-hmm. I was watching you know, Jeff cited videos, oh, yeah. and like learning all the workouts, and like doing all this stuff. And it was really cool because while I was doing that and as I was growing in knowledge, like, again, I'm a pastor. I'm working with youth guys. And so, like, I was meeting these high school kids in the gym. Right. And just connecting with them in a way of saying, like, hey, let me help you with this workout. Let me help you with this thing, you know, with with fitness in general, and just kind of dropping tips and stuff like that, offering to work out with kids and stuff like that, because I loved it. I generally love seeing people grow, and that really took off over, like I said, over the last six years of just still being a passion, still doing that, but really finding a, a cool uh, kind of symmetry between being able to do ministry and also help young guys yep. look the way they wanna look and, and achieve their goals in the gym. And I think it really was like a way in for me to be able to just help guys out. Right. It
0: seems like you genuinely do want to help other people out. It seems like just from day one, you've always just wanted to help other people. So obviously you quit your pastor job and then in hopes of pursuing like your online coaching business. So that must have been like a huge risk for you because I'm assuming you were like on salary with them. You had a nice, like comfortable income, nice and stable job. And so what made you decide to almost like take that leap of faith and like take that big risk and what age, like you were, how old were you during this time? I was 30. Okay, so I'm, you were 30. I'm so 31
1: currently. Yeah.
0: So I was around 30 whenever I was kind of making that transition. Because yeah, I know a lot of people at that age, they pretty much like set and and okay, mm-hmm. this is what I am. This is what I'm going to do yeah. for the rest of my life. And you pretty much told yourself, you know what? It's not for me anymore. I want to do this fitness thing, which I've always had a huge passion for, for myself and helping other people. So what made you decide to pretty much take that risk at such, not an old age, obviously I know you're not old, <laughs> But just at that age, like, what made you decide to do that? Sure. Um, for me, it came down to, and I remember, there are two
1: distinct things. There are two distinct moments when I was kind of thinking about, okay, moving and transitioning into the fitness industry. One was, I remember having a conversation with my then roommate, and we were, we were on a walk, and we were just chatting it up, and we were kind of talking about life stuff, and I, you know, was, I've been in conversation with him about, like, wanting to leave the church and, and go to the gym. And I remember having a conversation with him and saying, you know, his name's Isaac. I said, you know, Isaac, like, I could do this, being a pastor, for Mm -hmm. the rest of my life and be very comfortable doing it, but it wouldn't be challenging. That I realized and I recognized that I would just coast pretty much the rest of my life because the job at that point was easy. It wasn't challenging. Um, I didn't really have much upward mobility in terms of like, the next level of pastorship. The only it was way. like a ceiling, right? Yeah, it was yeah. just a ceiling, at least where I was at. Like, I could move churches and potentially, you know, kind of jump up there, but like, there was a real ceiling of where I was. And that didn't sit well with me. Yeah. Right? Of knowing that God created me for more and to be able to continually challenge myself in lots of different aspects, just in, in my personal life and, and just being able to grow. And be somebody who is constantly putting themselves in uncomfortable situations. And I realized that like I was just if I stayed, I was just gonna be comfortable. Yeah. And that was gonna be my life for the rest of my life. And that was not okay with me. The second thing was that I asked myself, right, because I had this dream of opening a gym. I asked myself, I said, okay, say I go and pursue this thing, this this fitness lifestyle. What's the worst that can happen? Mm. Right? I, I really took it down to What is the worst thing that was going to happen if I pursued this and failed, right? And I I thought through it, and it was like, okay, I could obviously miserably fail, you know, uh, not open the gym, be in debt, whatever, go bankrupt, right? Real threat of, like, you know, take out a huge loan. Like, I had a house in my name that, you know, that I owned, Um, so, like, that would be gone. Um, My... Money would be gone, all of that stuff. But the but at the end of the day, after even after all of that, I knew that I had skills that were marketable. That if I really needed to, I could go get a job anywhere. You could always go back, right? I could always go back to being a pastor, right? So there's a little bit of safety net it there. Yeah. But like, but taking it to that extreme of like, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. And I have a super supportive family. Like I know not everybody has that, but. I have a family that no matter what I did, like if I failed at it, like I can move back in with mom and dad if I really need to. Obviously that's like super embarrassing and like you don't want to have to do that. Of course. But that is an option. And so I just, I sat there and I was like, if that's the worst thing that can happen,
0: we got to send it. Yeah. And I think the biggest fear for at least myself is like sitting on your deathbed thinking, what if? Like what if I actually pursued my dreams of actually at least trying to like chase after my dreams. And like you said, the worst that could happen, I could always go back to my parents And I, obviously I was in your similar kind of situation, obviously, but, um, when I first moved to Houston, Texas, obviously I'm from Canada, I was working two jobs part-time. I was pretty comfortable doing that. Mm. And my dream was always to come down to Houston, Texas, come down to Outland, meet people like yourself, like Chris, and just being around like-minded people. Right. And, um, I just took, obviously it was a risk, like leaving my two jobs, quitting school as well, and just like buying a car, traveling across the border, coming down to Houston, Texas. And I'm just really glad I did that right. because again, I, I, I always knew in the back of my mind, I could always go back home. Yeah. I could always go back to school. I could always go back to my part-time jobs, right? Yeah. But I, I'm, again, I'm just really happy. I took that leap of faith and just took that almost like big risk in a way because I'm where I am now because of that, right? right. I would not be here talking to you today yeah. had it not been for that decision, right? And so I can definitely relate with that. And so, you pretty much started doing your online coaching from then and then obviously right now you're somewhat mentoring other younger online coaches as well, right? And so what made you not really transition but do that as well? Because I know you're kind Mm -hmm. of doing both right Right. now. You got your own clients and other people you're trying to like build up their online coaching business. Mm -hmm. So when did you um, feel comfortable helping other people um, pretty much set up their own online coaching business?
1: So I think first of all, I love what you said there about like You know, going back to like, what's the worst thing that could
0: happen? Yeah, a lot of people just got to ask themselves that, right? And they get
1: stuck at that, and they think they think that the worst thing that can happen is like, is death or this (laughs) terrible thing, and it's really not. Like, you you have the ability to do more than you think.
0: Yeah.
1: Quick story. So I was a uh, you know I was a pastor, and part of my job as a pastor was I did funerals. I did a lot of funerals. Um, I would do like one or two a month. Wow. And I remember specifically, a lot, a lot of times it was great. There are people who, who lived great lives and did a lot of stuff. But I remember specifically this one gentleman who I did uh, a funeral for. And part of the process is you meet with the family and, you know, grieve with them, but also kind of like gather and collect stories so that you can do a good job of honoring their memory. And I remember for this gentleman sitting down and listening to uh, just... What, the family, the people who knew him, stuff like that. And I was just like, okay, tell me about him. Like, what were some of the stuff he loved? What, like, who was he? Stuff like that. And the only thing, Conan, the only thing that they could tell me about this man was that he loved cars. That was it. That's it. And that changed my perspective on what I wanted in life. Wow. Because how sad of a story. Is it that I can stand up there and, like, it was the the shortest, like, funeral service that I ever did. It was, like, 20 minutes, like, start to stop. And that's because that's all they gave me. Mm. Like, I did a beautiful gospel presentation as always. But at the end of it, and I I sat back and I remember this particular funeral because I was, like, how sad. There is so much more that we are built for and that we can achieve.
0: Yeah, and so I still want you to answer the initial question, but um, quickly, like a quick little segue. Do you think society almost like um, pushes us towards that way? Because obviously Mm -hmm. from a young age, we're told to go through the schooling system, get a college degree, work in nine to five, and then die happily ever after, right? Without ever um, aspiring to achieve your actual dreams, right? And so do you think that has a big kind of part Mm -hmm. to do with that? Or what are your kind of thoughts on that?
1: Absolutely. So I'll I'll answer both questions. Yeah, sorry, I I know there's so much I want to talk about, but... I'll answer both questions because I think they go nicely together. Oh, awesome. The reason I transitioned to helping other coaches, helping other guys create their coaching business mm-hmm. is because I saw the freedom that it gave me. Yeah. And it opened my mind to the possibilities of what could be in my life. The ability to be financially free, have time freedom, and have location freedom. I can work from wherever I want because I work from home. That's the dream. You know, and that's the dream. And that's everyone's dream. Yeah. Nobody, you walk up to anybody on the street and you say, Hey, if you could make money doing whatever you wanted from wherever you wanted with the time, with whatever time you wanted to give it, like, would you do that? They'd be like, Absolutely. Sign me up, man. Sign me up. However, not many people think that way, right? And so, to your second question, people don't understand there's more than one way to make money. The traditional way to make money is just like you were saying you graduate high school, you go to college, you get a degree, and you go into, you dollars know, $100,000 worth of debt for a piece of paper that says, hey, you're really good at being told what to do, right? <laughs> you, took, you took tests and did projects and, like, did all this. You turned all your assignments out all in time and you got an A, right? Good at memorizing. Know. Or maybe, maybe you got, like, a C, right? It's like, okay, you passed. good, enough. You good know, enough. Good enough. <laughs> and what you do with that piece of paper is you go to companies and you say, hey, look, I'm really good at being told what to do because I have this piece of paper that says so. And that company says, hey... This guy knows exactly he knows how to be told what to do. So guess what we're gonna do? We're gonna tell him what to do. Yeah. Day in and day out, 365 days a year. You know, you work five days a week, you get two days off through the weekend, and then you get two full weeks off of vacation a year. Yeah. And that's the extent of your life. Yeah. And kind of going back to like the, man, how sad. Right? If we really think about it, and and somebody told or I was listening to a, a podcast by Pedris and and one of the things that he says is that average men inspire no one. True, right? And so everybody wants to live above average life, right? Again, don't talk to anybody on the street. Say, hey, do you want to be above average? Do you want to live uh, you know, above average life, right? They're like, oh, of course. No one is saying, yeah, you know what? I want an average job. I want an average wife, I yeah. want average kids, I want an average house. Like
0: People say they want that, mm. but their actions will actually lead towards exactly. the average lifestyle, right? And I even think like, in the whole school curriculum, like, yeah. we aren't taught to like do our taxes, we aren't taught yeah. to make our own business. Right. Even like in business class, when I went to university, it's like, my prof did not even own his own business. It's like, why would I listen to you, right? It's one of those weird things where it's like, they don't really teach right. you what you should know when it comes to like creating yeah. your own business or like creating freedom. They teach you what you should know to be somewhat successful in, in other, so it's like, almost like working for someone else's dreams right. in a way, right? And that's pretty much from day one, elementary school up until university, they teach you exactly what you need to know, nothing more, nothing less, just to live a comfortable lifestyle right. where you're not like pursuing these crazy dreams. Mm. But yet again, you're not homeless. Of course, you're still comfortable with like a stable income, but that's pretty much where they want you to be, right? And so that obviously causes a lot of people to live an average lifestyle, which obviously a lot of people, like you said, you asked a random person on the street, like, no, I want to live my dream. I want to do what I want, right? And so we live in a society now where it's like, there's just a lot of weak men, right? Obviously we talked about this in our walk and it's like, why do you think that is like, why? I mean, obviously from whoever is in charge, from their perspective, of course it makes sense. Like, Make people obey, have power over them, but why is this the case? Like, I know it's a tough question to throw at you, but what are your kind of thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I I go back to the the Martin Luther King Jr. quote. He says, the only thing for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and I think That's so that, true. and I think that you're right. Like we've been taught to live comfortable lives. Right. And I talk, and I, and I talk to kids all the time, say kids like, you know, 18 to 21 year olds who, you know, graduated high school, they're going to college and they ha- they have the world at their fingertips. They have all of these dreams, but they're still going to college. And they're still, like, the trajectory that they're on leads to an average lifestyle. But yeah. they're
0: just doing what they're told, right? It's they're like, you just, can't blame them, yeah. can you? They're doing what they're
1: told. And and it's funny because your parents will tell you when you're super young, like, you can be whatever you want to be. You want to be an astronaut, be an astronaut. If you want to be a president, be a president. Like, if you want to be this celebrity, be a celebrity. But when the rubber meets the road, what... And here's the thing. Young men. Your parents want you to be safe that's their job that is their job is to keep you safe and and so the safe route is the go to college get a job work a nine-to-five for the rest of your life until you can retire at 55 and
0: a half they just have their best interest in
1: mind right right but if you really want if you guys if you really want to live an above average life You have to be willing to think outside the box when it comes to making money. And the traditional way to make money, again, kind of going back to that, the traditional way to make money is go to college, get a job, work for somebody else to receive a paycheck. An entrepreneurial mindset and a mindset of freedom is how can I leverage my skills, my talents, my knowledge, my ability for someone else to be able to receive compensation for it, right? So if it's go out and mow yards because you're 18 and you don't have a lot of work experience, but you're strong and you have endurance and stuff like that, go buy a lawnmower for a couple hundred bucks and go mow yards and make money. Like you can make good money just going around and mowing yards for people while you are building and working on your dreams,
0: Mm. you know? Yeah, i mean you say that i mean i heard the saying like common sense isn't really that common right like you say that and it totally makes sense right but a lot of people don't actually think that way right because again i think we're just all wired to think a certain way to not go against this just just follow the traditional path and from at least like my parents perspective like back in their day obviously it's like getting a school degree back then That's was super valuable yeah. right but i mean nowadays in 2023 it's almost like double inflation, whereas like there's more degrees being handed out, but um, I guess the price is still continuously going up, right? So it's, it doesn't really make sense, right? right? And so I think, what do you think are some good skills young men should have if they, pretty much, just like, I guess, want to escape the whole matrix? Yeah. And again, like I don't think it's for everyone. Like we obviously right. talked about this. Like we do need people flipping hamburgers at McDonald's. Like we need people like that right because if everyone goes against the agenda it's like who knows what could happen Mm -hmm. so I definitely don't think it's for everyone but I do know that for the people listening and watching this right now I think they've somewhat woken up I know most of my audience is like somewhat young the people you help with like late teens early 20s and they just want to escape their rat race right Mm -hmm. and so what do you think are a couple like valuable skills or just a couple things they should um, start doing as of right now to get ahead of it and Hopefully one day escaping it and just like, like you said, just like yeah. having freedom. Yeah. There are three things. Um, and I have this conversation with young men every single day, multiple times a day.
1: You need three things um, as a young man trying to escape the matrix or, or live a life that you want to be proud of. It's one is become someone worth knowing. Be extremely self-disciplined in the gym, right? Build a body, build a physique. That is impressive. Because if you can if you can build a physique that's impressive, you walk into a room and people you you command a presence. You command respect. Right, you command respect because you put in the work, you put in the hours of going to the gym and lifting weights, you put in the hours and the the meals and and saying no to going out with friends. Like you self-disciplined in a way that was incredible and and you have something to show for it and people immediately recognize that
0: i would just immediately respect people that are in shape compared to people that are overweight obese it's just like subconsciously you just respect them so much more so i definitely agree exactly and the second thing is build
1: habits and characteristics of leadership that will set you up for success
0: i think habits that's the key words no quick fixes but long-term habits that you can sustain for the rest of your life, right? Yeah. Because obviously online, there's so many like, schemes of like, oh, get rich quick, get rich in 90 days, this and that. But in reality, it's like, you probably, even if it did work, I mean, hopefully, I mean, who knows, right? But even if it did work, he did not create the skills to sustain that. And I right. think habits is a key word there. Yeah, yeah.
1: because just like you were saying, if you, if, if success comes easy, then you think it's always gonna come easy. Mm. And so when success, when you don't succeed, when you fail, after that big success you have nothing to build upon after that right you don't have an ability to go launch another business because you don't know what made you successful in the first place yeah. but you build great habits as a man carry over the discipline that you used in the gym to create great habits of self mastery and you know gain knowledge build yourself like build the thing become again become someone worth knowing That will set you a great foundation for launching an online business, being an entrepreneur, escaping the matrix, doing all the things we're talking about. But you have to be super dedicated. You have to be willing to do what nobody else is ready to do now. How many 18 to 21-year-olds do you know getting up early, going and hustling and making money, doing the things that you know you should be doing and that would be nice to do? what are most 18 21 year olds doing sleeping in they're sleeping partying. in they're partying they're watching porn they're yeah. going out you know and playing video games like all of those things will wreck your life
0: yeah it's and like the whole instant gratifications versus is. delay gratification it's yeah. gonna suck in a moment getting up early, going to work, or like building your own business, but it'll definitely pay dividends in the future. So I think for a lot of young men, um, they kind of caught up with this whole instant gratification, like, oh, I'm horny right now, let me go watch porn. Or, ooh, I'm curving junk food right now, let me order McDonald's. Or, ooh, Mm -hmm. my friends are going out, let me go out and get hammered. It's fun in the moment, but it'll lead you to even a worse future. So I think it's really important for young men to keep that in mind. Um, I heard this one saying, and I think balance is obviously key, but some person said, like, oh, not give up your 20s, but, like, I think in your 20s, that's, like, a crucial time. Yeah. Not to, like, either make or break, but, like, I think it's an absolutely crucial time because this is the phase where you pretty much get to decide where you want to direct your life, right? You can either go the traditional route or you can do the untraditional routes, which obviously is not as traditional, obviously, hence yeah. the <laughs> word, but it's it's less safe is what I'm yeah. trying to say. But it may pay dividends in the future. And as long as you focus on the delayed gratification, um, I think it'll definitely pay dividends. For sure. You have to live like nobody else now so you can live like nobody
1: else later. That's the one, man. I love that. And this is crazy. Like psychologists tell us like your brain is still forming in your 20s. Like Mm. your habits and like the way you think is still forming in your 20s. Especially for males, right? Especially for males. Like males mature later in life than females, right? And so... Being able to put in strong habits and build strong character foundations now in your 20s is so crucial for when you get to your 30s and you're ready to launch your life out into something insane and something crazy. Mm-hmm. But like you said, most people just party it away. They're like, because, you know, again, back to our parents, back to society, they've said, just enjoy your time. Like you're young, enjoy it, whatever. Yeah. No. Go some balance. And so it is, it is really like, hey, build strong character now. That way you can live like no one else yeah. into your 30s, into your 40s, into your 50s. Exactly. And people will be asking, what do you do? Like, you see those videos. Of oh, like, yeah. Oh, what do you do for a living? And they're like, oh, I'm such and such and such. Right? If you want to be that guy, like, yeah. you have to work your butt off now. Exactly. And the third aspect of all that stuff, it's it's build a great physique. It's build strong habits now. And the third one is be in a great network. Mm, so that's r- huge. Surround yourself, guys. Surround yourself with better people than you. People who are smarter than you, who are better looking than you, who have been further than you, who are further along the path in life than you because you are an average of the people you hang out with. 100%. If you're hanging out with the guys who party, the guys who play video games, the guys who watch porn and just are living for the weekend,
0: that's who you're going to become. Yeah. And I, quickly going back to like what I said at the beginning of today's episode, the reason why I moved out as well is because I was... Pretty much just too comfortable like i i literally felt like i was the guy in my hometown like right. i was the fitness guy i was creating a lot of content i was this and that and it's a big ego hits transitioning from like being the man of like oh i'm the best in whatever town i am to going to another city or a different country or another town where you're Just like at the bottom of the tier list, right? And it's a big ego hit. And a lot of people don't want to like face that because they love being the center of attention, right? But in order to truly grow, like you just said, you got to surround yourself amongst people that are willing to push yourself, hold you more accountable and actually make you become a better, more successful person. Because like you said, if you surround yourself with people that are lesser than you or just losers that party, do this and that, I mean, the chances of you doing similar actions towards them is very likely, okay. so I think it's crucial to be around people you pretty much want to be like, right? One hundred percent.
1: Absolutely, and and similar to your story, um, over COVID. So like before before COVID, uh, I was at a twenty four hour fitness, right? And I was doing I was doing pretty good, <laughs> but like you, like I was a bigger guy in the gym, yep. like I was the guy who was helping everybody else out, right? And and building those relationships and stuff like that, and I love that. But and then COVID came and that twenty four hour fitness shut down, like. They closed their doors permanently. And so from there, I had to find a new gym. And there was this new gym, and that was, it was a hardcore, like, bodybuilder's gym. Oh, yeah. Right? It was a warehouse style. Like, they had super nice equipment and stuff like that. It's the gym that I actually started working for coming out of um, out of my job as a pastor. Mm-hmm. But it started of, like, I started going there, and all of a sudden, I was a smaller guy. Like, were there out. were bigger guys than me. There were guys who knew more than me, who lifted heavier than me, and all that stuff. And it made, it took my fitness level to the next. Level. It yeah. really did. I started seeing more gains because I was working harder because I wanted to be that guy. Like I wanted to be like those guys. Yeah. You know? And also like I started asking questions. I started asking to work out with those guys mm. and surrounding myself and putting myself in uncomfortable situations. And you have to do that as a young man to continue to grow.
0: Seeking discomfort. Seeking yeah.
1: discomfort. And that's what this is all about, right? You're You're not like the nine to five, the party on the week, like all of that stuff. That that pathway is comfortable. It's comfortable. It's comfortable. It's a coast. And if you want that, that's great. Exactly. That's for you. But if you want something more, you have to surround yourself with people who are hungry, who are smarter than you, who are better looking than you, who have more money than you, and just catch whatever like just catch the aura that they are giving off and start learning from them and be intentional ask ask questions Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: let me tell you this like guys who are further along in life love sharing their love sharing like what they did people love
0: talking about themselves right
1: exactly so just go start asking questions if you see someone successful it's like oh i want to even if it's just as simple as i want to drive the same car that he's driving don't ask him hey like what do you do like how can i learn what you do and so I can drive that car, right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, whatever it is, if they have a big business or if they have an impressive physique, hey, what are you doing that I'm not? And try to replicate that. Yeah. Being surrounding yourself with those people will 10X your life because you'll be called to a higher standard.
0: 100%, it's either you sink or no, you, you swim or you sink. It's yeah. one of those analogies, right? Yeah. And so dude, honestly, you provide so much valuable content for people watching hopefully you guys took something out of this. And a couple of last questions I have for you before I let you go. Um, not actually let you go, we live in the same house, but um, something I've noticed like right away ever since moving in, obviously we work next to each other. And I've noticed another important skill I think for young men to develop is not just social skills and communication skills, but just like knowing the art of selling mm. and just like just talking to people, knowing how to like spark a conversation because I really think nowadays with like all this new technology, people are literally addicted to their phones scrolling on TikTok, TikTok. And it's like people don't really know how to like talk to other people yeah. anymore. It's like, you can probably see this in your everyday life. People's attention spans are so short. And so just one personal question I have for you is sure. that um, obviously just talking to you on camera right now, I can just like sense your conviction with everything you say. So I think that's has a big part up to play as well. But what are just some um, general tips you have just like to be a better person at just like talking and also just like at selling? Because mm. like I said, I think Knowing how to sell, the art of selling, is like one of the most important skills you can develop in your early twenties. Yeah, for sure.
1: A couple things come to mind. Um, One is repetition. Oh yeah. Go and get the reps. Go talk to anybody and everybody who will hold a conversation with you, and just go start talking. I can't tell you how many guys that I talk to on the phone that are just terrible conversationalists. Yeah. And like, I have to really like pull stuff out of them and it's my job like i you know and i i genuinely and this is part of it like i genuinely love connecting with people i genuinely care about other people what's going on in their lives and stuff like that if you don't have that people can sense it if you're just trying to get the sale right if it's all about getting the sale then people can sense that and they'll shut down but i think one of the things that makes me successful as a salesman as particularly with what i do is i genuinely care about young men and i want to see them succeed and I believe that they can feel that. And whether I get, and you sat next to me on some of my sales calls, and it's like whether or not I actually get the sale, I want to help them see what they're missing out I want to call them to a higher standard in their life, and I want to provide as much value as I can over that sales call. Whether or not they end up purchasing or, or you know, jumping on the team or whatever, like whether they spend money with me or not, I want to help change their life, and if it's just a conversation that kind of gets their wheels thinking, then that's that's great. Yeah. Um, the second, so it's it's get some reps. It's be genuinely caring and, and be genuinely interested in people. And the third thing is go educate yourself. Go f- look at people who are super successful in sales and just learn what they're doing. How are they talking? What are they yeah. talking about? How are they thinking? Um, and you got to be creative in sales. Right. If you stick to a script, if it's
0: I was gonna say, like, A-B-C, it seems like you don't follow like a script at all.
1: I don't. Like, I have some general beats that I kind of hit in yeah, my yeah. sales, but like, I feel like I, I mold, I try to mold my sales pitch to the needs of the person. Yeah. Right. And basic rules of sales is one is find the pain point, find whatever that they're struggling with, and then two sell, sell the dream outcome. No one cares about your program. No one cares about the product that you are selling. People care about what that product or what that program is gonna do for them. I like to use the analogy of going on a road trip. If you're going on a road trip from, say, New York to LA, it doesn't matter if you're driving a station wagon or a race car. They're both gonna get you there. Depends on how fast. But you need to know, the most important thing to know, is how to get there. You need a roadmap, you need a GPS, or else it doesn't matter. If you drive a station wagon, you know exactly where you're going and you know exactly how to get there, you're gonna get there. Might even get there faster than the race car who's going all over the place and doing all kinds of crazy stuff because they're like, they think it's what's helping. And so again, in sales, it's you're selling a roadmap.
0: No one cares about the training program, about the meal plan. They just want to be shredded on the beach, right? Exactly.
1: Exactly. And and for the guys that like I talk to on a daily basis, it's do you wanna live a life of freedom? And if you do, I can help get you there. Yeah. Right? The program, who cares? Right? Exactly. Most of the time and you've heard myself it's like I don't even really get to what the program actually is. And they're like, Yes, I'm in, let's do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they see success once they're in it, but it's it's a matter of selling the dream outcome, selling the roadmap, not just selling them a shiny, fancy sports car.
0: Mm -hmm. And so let's say hypothetically, the prospect you're talking to does say no, which obviously happens more often than not. And so what do you think, just another kind of question, why do you think people are scared to take that leap of faith, knowing that on the other side, maybe a better future, but they're just Um, Obviously, I think I know the answer to this, but what is your perspective? Like, why are people afraid to invest in themselves, whether it's like investing in a mentorship to um, earn more money or learn a new skill? Like, why are people afraid to take that leap of faith and actually invest in themselves to have a better future? Yeah. Um, First off, I love you say like,
1: you... As a salesman, you're going to get no's more than you get yes's. 100%. Okay? Yeah. And so kind of like the fourth you know, part of like selling is like, you got to be comfortable with rejection. Yeah. You know, you got to get used to it. And like when I was first starting out, like I'd get a no and I'm like, oh, this sucks. Like this is the worst thing ever. But like as I've grown, I realized just like you said, it's not me. It's that person yeah. who's, who's rejecting their future, yeah. you know? And I think it comes back to the instant gratification world we live in is that we weigh the cost of X program or what or product or whatever against how is it gonna make me feel right now? Not what is the potential outcome that this could bring to my life? And what is the investment If, if I have to invest in this thing, what is my ROI a year down the road? What is my return on that investment a year down the road? Instead they say they look at their bank account. And they exactly. look at the costs and they say, mm, that's kind of tight. Nah, I'm good. They're scared. They're scared to take a risk. And it's, it's about that mindset they were talking about, becoming uncomfortable. Yeah. And for Americans, becoming uncomfortable is paying money. Paying money. It's paying money. And most, most people are scared of that because they want to live safe, secure lives. But here's the thing. A mentor told me this one time, is that your biggest expense... Is your lack of knowledge. Every year you don't know how to make a million dollars. It's costing you a million dollars. So your lack of knowledge is your busy, biggest expense. And so when people think about, like, you know, hey, I have this education that I can give you, people are like, oh, I can go figure it out on myself. You can. Like, you can figure it out on your own. It's the arrogance. But it's how long is it gonna take you to figure it out? And while you're figuring it out, I'm over here making money, Yeah, right? And so your biggest expense is your lack of knowledge. You don't know how to figure it out. So why not invest in someone or something that can help educate you on and help you through the process? Exactly. And and speed up that process.
0: Yeah, speed it up, right? Because you either pay with time or you pay with money. Exactly. You get to choose. Exactly. Honestly, this was an awesome podcast. One last question is, um, obviously we've talked about everything going on in today's society, men becoming weaker and weaker. And my ultimate question for you, Carson, is that what are you scared of the most in the future? Obviously, we can take this a number of different ways, but yeah. what do you fear the most when it comes to just everything going on in today's society with men becoming weaker and weaker, men becoming more feminine, people obeying to everything they're being told, whether it's wearing a mask or getting a jab, whatever it may be. What do you fear the most in the future?
1: I think I fear the fact that we're going to be a controlled society, that somebody else is going to have complete control over us, and there's not going to be enough strong men to stand up and and stand up for themselves and, and for their families. You know? We need strong men. We need strong men, and we're you know there's the saying that's uh, let me see if I can remember how it goes. It's I butchered
0: this last time. Yeah, <laughs> it's
1: it's weak men create soft times. Tough times, tough times. Weak weak men create tough times. Tough times create strong men. Strong men create easy times, and easy times create weak men. Right. So it's this cycle. It's a cycle. And we are in the weak men are about to create tough times. Yeah. Weak men are about to create tough times, and that is where we are at. And, like, look at where our economy is at right now. Look at where society as a whole is at right now. The world, the, the economics, the, the political outrage, the, you know, war in Ukraine, like, all of these things are a result because men didn't stand up and do what men are supposed to do. And the scary thing is, and what the future holds for us and what history tells us, is that... This next cycle, this next tough time, this next period of years is gonna to be tough. Yeah. And that that tough time, those tough times are gonna create strong men, but we gotta get through the tough times first. Yeah. And so, if but if you wanna succeed, if you can succeed in tough times, you are gonna think of how successful you're gonna be. In good times if you can do it now imagine how good
0: you'll yes, be in the future
1: exactly exactly you are setting yourself up now so you start now and you set yourself up when it's tough out there you're going to be able to do anything you want when times get good again
0: 100 percent. so guys young men if you're listening to this right now we need you to stand up stand for what you believe in and if you can get through this tough time I can guarantee you that you'll be even more successful when the easier times come. So, Carson, thank you so much for joining my podcast today. Um, Before I let you go, where can people find you and just get more information about you? Yeah, for sure.
1: I'm on Instagram, at Carson Carroll. That's the easiest way to connect with me. Shoot me a DM. I'm always in my DMs. Um, I'm on TikTok and YouTube and all the other platforms too, but Instagram is the best way to get a hold of me.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Carson. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please be sure to go give this video a thumbs up. Be sure to subscribe as well. And of course, be sure to go follow Carson. And with that said, we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace out.